Welcome to the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. I'm John Fuller and in this episode I'm talking to the England and Wales Cricket Board's ACO Education Officer, Glyn Pearson, about the new laws affecting club cricket this season. Glyn begins by discussing his role educating umpires here in Yorkshire and we soon branch out to put the world to rights across all manner of topics affecting the recreational game. It's a solid 30 minutes, so one of our longest podcasts, but well worth it if you can spare the time. We tackle the pressure on volunteers at cricket clubs, the new 100 ball competition rears its head, and there's also the potential growth of super clubs at grassroots level, which gets an airing. Relax, sit back, get ready for some cricket, and over to Glenn. Well, it would be really good just to get a bit of a background as to your role at the ECB initially, Glenn. So you're ACO Education Officer. So what does that involve? Um, Give us a flavour. It involves uh, the education of umpires in the recreational game. So that's right from club level, uh, school level, up to Premier League level. We have uh, seven regions throughout the country, um, and each has a regional education officer. So a lot of coordination It's preparing the courses, it's making sure, especially in view of the shortage of officials in uh, cricket, that anyone who wants to take a course or to follow up an interest in officiating has the opportunity to do so and that uh, courses are available either face-to-face or now online. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good actually. Um, Because I've talked to a lot of people around different leagues, certainly Yorkshire, uh, and there is a bit of an issue around recruitment of umpires, certainly. From my experience, anyway, you may have a different take. Um, There is a a great issue um, in in recruitment of umpires. I think people are playing longer uh, and staying with their clubs, and uh, there is a bigger demand. And as cricket progresses, players at higher levels, Premier Leagues, they want better umpires, don't they? Lower levels, they want more umpires. The Premier Leagues and the upper levels want better umpires. Sure. And how long would it take, I suppose, if you're aiming for that level, I suppose, Premier League level or above? You've obviously got, like any qualification, I guess, you ought to go through the various steps and and bump up, um, as you would with cricket coaching, different levels. Um, Can you progress quite quickly if you've got the aptitude for it and the ambition? Yes, you can indeed. There are three basic levels of education, which, strangely enough, are are labelled stage one, stage two, stage three, (laughs) which would get you to Premier League level. Uh, Obviously, at the end of the day, your appointment and your progression depends on your performance out there on the field. Yeah. And in terms of these new laws then, um, I'm particularly interested how they're going to be implemented, or obviously they're in force now. Um, I'm kind of curious and I guess I'm sort of surprised that someone somewhere hasn't sent off a player yet. So maybe people are getting to grips with them and um, nothing really has changed much at the moment. But um, are you linking with leagues in Yorkshire and further afield as to uh, how that's bedding in? Yes, obviously leagues can make their own regulations and decide which laws they are going to amend as they go along. But we have had a series of presentations. Uh, I took part in seven of them, did seven presentations to leagues around the West Yorkshire area prior to the season, uh, giving a bit of information as to how it affects club cricket. There's probably only about a dozen of the law changes that do affect the lower levels of cricket. Okay. 
Um, and I suppose the one of the ones that spring to mind that catches the headlines, I guess, is around player conduct. What's your take in terms of? Is it a overall? It's obviously aimed to improve player conduct, uh, and that's obviously going to be a good thing. But I'm curious as to know your take as to how it's going to be implemented on the ground. I guess at lower league level, my experience of playing club cricket is that often there isn't two umpires. So if an instant cropped up where an umpire now has the powers to potentially send someone off, I don't know how realistic that's going to be in an inflamed situation. And I know these are obviously extreme cases they are not going to happen all the time, but um, what's your take around how they can be implemented easily? I suppose, as you say, that the asking a, a captain to remove a player would only occur at a, a very severe level. As yeah. far as I'm aware, it's only happened once this season, and it was handled by a county second eleven umpire in a league match, and he handled it absolutely perfectly. He suspended a player for ten overs for a level three offence. Now, at the lower levels where there are no independent umpires, what we've recommended is that that aspect of the law should not be implemented. We don't want players sending other players off. You can see the situation where the home team's uh, player acting as an umpire sends the visiting team's star player off the field. Absolutely. No, it's not going to work. It's awkward and... Uh, as you say, it will. Yeah, it will. Um, so there's a balance, I suppose, between trying to improve player conduct and some of the practicalities as to how many officials there are and, as you say, what kind of independence they have. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of going forwards, then, do you think um, you obviously? I'm assuming you think it's a good thing in terms of improving the the recreational game do you think there'll be any changes going forward or do you think it's more just about education and and people getting used to any changes this season um i think that certainly for this season there will be people getting used to it they seem to have bedded in quite easily um i was pleasantly surprised at just how easily that has occurred um obviously they will be under review by mcc continuously Society is changing, and the game of cricket, as we both know, is changing rapidly. And uh, the laws need to keep up with that. Yeah. No, I no, I think you're right. Um, they do, and this is obviously the changes in the laws. They don't happen every year. That takes a lot of time to review, get everyone's buy-in, uh, and then roll that out. And as we say, bed in over a number of seasons. Um, but it is a, a real positive because, yeah, they've got a tough job as it is. And as we've just alluded to, recruitment can be tough in different areas and different leagues. Um, and if this helps possibly curve some of the behaviour we've seen, then that's got to be a positive, surely. Indeed, yes. It's meant to increase enjoyment. No one wants to be going and see bad behaviour um, or be involved in a match where behaviour is less than you would expect. So it's all been done to improve player behaviour. There's some health and safety issues in some of the other law changes. Okay. Um, so they look to simplify it. They look to, to look at more fairness and equity. There are a lot more women playing cricket. Although the men's game might be contracting, unfortunately, the women's game is expanding. So it's been designed to 
make it more gender friendly, if you like, in, in the laws. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Um, and from your point of view, um, are you optimistic from a, a sort of umpiring perspective moving forward? Do you think this will uh, obviously help in terms of the game and the governance of the game? But you know, in terms of umpiring numbers and the future of the game in the next ten years, what's your what's your view and how optimistic are you? Um. ECB have had a very good guy in from Australia, a guy called Matt Dwyer, who's been pushing participation and growth and brought in many new innovative ideas. All-Stars Cricket was his idea, Cricket Unleashed, getting more and more youngsters and women and certainly people from ethnic minorities uh, involved in the game. Uh, I still think there's a de- an area at about 15 that age group, where people tend to drop out. Yeah. You get a lot of juniors in, say under 10, 12, but then when they get to 15, they seem to drop out there, and that's the real challenge of getting people to continue to be involved in the game. It's disappointing that uh, when they asked a 1,000 12-year-old children to name 10 sports, that uh, 80% of them did not include cricket in their 10 sports. They included football, obviously, rugby, hockey, badminton, swimming, cycling, but 80% didn't mention cricket as a sport. Yeah, it's something I've, I've talked about on this podcast before with, with people of, of either players or officials, and everyone's got a view on that. I suppose at a very basic level, it's about being in their lives, being present in their lives. So wherever um, young people are, online, offline, you know, being nudged that cricket is around and available. So, um, you know, clubs and leagues do a fantastic job, but sometimes that's not the right route for them for whatever reason. But it's just being, um, as I say, sort of almost in there, whether hanging out online or offline and encouraging them to, to have a go and to, to take part. Indeed, yeah, this 100 ball cricket, which is coming in in a couple of years' time, I know it's had a, quite a lot of criticism. But it's designed for people who have never seen a cricket match before. It's going to be on terrestrial TV, which is is a good move. And that's one of the reasons why it's had to be shortened still further, because BBC insisted that it should be over within two hours to fit in their broadcasting schedules. But hopefully it'll, it'll spread cricket to a wider audience. Yeah, I, I'm all for it in the sense that I'm all for uh, people that have no connection with cricket whatsoever to, to sample it and to hopefully enjoy it and get involved further. Um, it's I'll be honest, it, it's not in its current form something that I'm positive around, but um, as you say, it's caused quite a lot of controversy and some people are for it some and also it's a work in progress we need to recognize that you know there will i'm sure there'll be lots of change and refinement in the coming months and years before it actually comes out so uh, i guess from my point of view we'll sort of wait and see but um i i've seen a lot of formats certainly at grassroots level already that are very successful um so i kind of feel that the t20 format as a, a concept doesn't need snipping although as you say from a commercial and a broadcasting point of view 
that there may be reasons for that. I mean, I, I've certainly seen last man stands, um, the sort of evening league T20 format that is um, really successful, actually, um, you know, in terms of participation and giving people a go that, uh, as we talked about earlier, they're, they're not necessarily into cricket or they're starting for the first time. So there are formats out there already that uh, are doing a good job. But anything to sort of add to that, I guess, is a good thing, isn't it? I do agree with you on that. Um, this 100-ball format isn't designed for people like you and me. Um, it's designed for people who have never seen cricket, just to give them a taster of what it can be like, and hopefully then they will go and see T20s, and they will then develop into the 50-over and, well, even knows, even multi-day cricket, which is very poorly supported at the moment. Well, I mean, sort of wait and see on, on that one. Um, what's In terms of formats at grassroots level, um, from your experience of, of watching the game, is there any areas you feel that in the future it would be good to, you know, if you had a the job of uh, Colin Graves or anyone else at the ECB for a day, um, was there anything you'd like to see implemented at grassroots, maybe a new format or, as you say, maybe a diff- different age group? Because uh, I certainly know that the ECB are trying to target that sort of 15 to 18-year-old with things like under-19s T20 uh, and different sort of club T20 format as well. Um, and any ideas or any innovations that you'd like to see if you had the job for a day? I would like to link the schools where cricket is still played, and I'm afraid those are few and far between now, uh, directly with clubs. Sure. Instead of a school playing on a Saturday morning, that perhaps they direct their pupils or their players into into local clubs so that there is more of a link to keep the the children uh, involved uh, after after they may have moved out of school. Because I think that's where they drop off, isn't it, at the moment? Um, school is, exams are getting earlier, uh, and as soon as term finishes, a lot of them then drift away from the game. If they could be playing on a Saturday in a, in a, a local club direct from the start of the season, uh, that should hopefully keep their continued involvement to a greater extent. Yeah, I think the topic of schools cricket is one that a lot of people feel passionate about, and understandably so. Um, I've covered it on this podcast before, with a through the context of a, a BME centre that the Yorkshire Cricket Board helps run. So I went to Keithley, um, and their view, and it's just obviously this particular one in West Yorkshire was they struggle to connect with schools. So sometimes the assumption is clubs or uh, grassroots aren't doing enough to connect with schools, but it, I guess it's a two-way street, isn't it? And sometimes the school doesn't have the knowledge or interest or resource, and that's a problem. I think that's, that is the case. I did a schools match um, last Wednesday. Uh, a local school was playing MCC, and they, they couldn't get a side out. They had to bring guest players in from the local leagues just to get 11 players to play against MCC. Wow, okay. Um, that, that is worrying. Yeah, it is worrying, and, and I suppose... It's for exams, to be fair to them. Okay, yeah, of course it will. Um, but no, it is, it is worrying, and you don't want uh, sort of... Why, well, you want school matches to have school school players and school teams. It's, uh, I suppose why it's... couldn't the schools play a, a 2020 during the week? And 
on Saturdays that players go out to local clubs and get involved in the club scene while they're still at school. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I guess uh, each school will have their own sort of policy or way of doing things, and that I think that's the trouble. It's fragmented as to private schools and public schools and how they how they work and operate and fixtures and all the rest of it. It's very, uh, I suppose, it's quite a complex thing, isn't it? But it, it is obvious to to me to sort of link in with clubs. But um, as I say, it has to be two ways. It has to be momentum from the, the club and someone there that's got the time which is obviously um, short if you're a volunteer at a club you're doing a million other things so linking up with the school's a good idea but do you, have you got the time to do that um, but it's a valid point that you raise though the, the volunteer and, and they seem to be getting fewer and there's more workload on those that are still volunteering for the work to do the uh, club work yeah I I I have a Most huge amount of rely on maybe three or four key people to do all the work now. I couldn't agree more. Um, that's certainly my experience of playing in club cricket. I've got a huge respect for anyone at a cricket club, frankly, because they've normally got several hats on and they're, they're you know they give up a lot of their time, obviously. They're not professional, so they're working, and then they'll come and um, mow the outfield, or coach, or organise teams, and all the rest of it. And it takes a lot, a lot of time. And I think the administration of a, a club, and obviously the ECB have tools and resources and help uh, at the national level, and also through county boards. But the reality is, um, cricket clubs are almost like small. Uh, businesses aren't they in terms of how much they have to comply with regulation and uh, well, the new one obviously is data protection and the new GDPR but there's all sorts of things that a club has to do and as you say that generally falls potentially to say five people which is uh, a lot to, to take in. And those four or five people are not getting any younger. I, I see the volunteer sort of age group band getting older and older all the time. And are there many youngsters coming in as uh, administrators? I would say not. I mean, in my local club um, in West Yorkshire, they I don't know if it's been a deliberate policy, but it certainly has been the way where um, young lads, probably in their early 20s and actually starting in their teens, are involved in committees. And I think that's a really positive thing. But frankly, most aren't interested uh, and you can't blame them for that but as you say if you're not careful then you only have a and we shouldn't criticize again we shouldn't criticize those that are doing the work either but oh no certainly you know then deserve all our praise for the the amount of time and effort they put into it but um there's a a space sustainability isn't there you know you want people to come through but not everyone wants to in January when there's no light out and they'd rather be doing other things. They don't want to spend two or three hours at a uh, round a table discussing whatever it happens to be to do with a cricket club. So I, I get both sides, but you're you're dead right that uh, that is an ongoing worry. And and frankly, I don't have the answer to it. You know, it, it's something that isn't new, but I do think um, those young players and uh, the younger age group, I suppose, um, they don't want to be doing that. Now, 
how you change that. I, uh, if you've got any magic bullets or answers, then I'd love to hear them. <laughs> uh, no, I'm afraid I don't have. What I see is that there will be fewer clubs in the future, uh, but hopefully with more teams as clubs will combine. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, and I, I think it's a it's a necessary evil, if I can put it like that. Um, I'm not in favour of it, but I think it's just the way, as you've just said, the way it will go. You know, I, I, I don't want to see just take a, I don't know, North Yorkshire as a, a huge county. Uh, I don't want to see big clubs and then huge swathes of the county that have no cricket. Um, but that's, I suppose that's inevitable, isn't it? If, um, if clubs end up folding, which they are still doing, um, you'll get bigger clubs with more teams. Which, at the end of the day, some would say as long as there are more people playing, that, that's all that matters. It, you know, it's the number of teams and number of players that matter, not the number of clubs. But like you, I'd hate to see large areas where there are no clubs. Well, again, everyone listening to us will have a, a different view. On one level, you want the participation numbers and you know as many people playing it as possible. Um, but it's really interesting just thinking about the makeup of grassroots cricket in Yorkshire. Um, there are areas I'm thinking Halifax, Bradford, Leeds, North Leeds, or various parts of Leeds where there is loads of competition and lots of different clubs and quite a saturation of cricket. Um, and that's on the one hand that's good there's lots of people playing cricket but that creates stresses and tensions in the sense that everyone's competing for the same player pool well that's, it's okay in the urban areas that you mentioned the Bradfords and the Leeds but the, and I can see clubs combining and uh, you know putting out as long as they're putting out more teams and more players that's fine but the rural areas of North Yorkshire the clubs are quite thinly spread as it is aren't they yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't, I don't have an answer, and uh, I suppose it's about supporting the clubs that are still going and the leagues. Um, I mean, there are fantastic stories, and I'm hoping to get round as many clubs and leagues this summer with Cricket Yorkshire. Um, yeah, there's a, a league called the Feversham League that now has four teams, um, but it's still going, and uh, it serves its purpose, and it, it enables uh, yeah, a small group of uh, people to play cricket and enjoy cricket and to me that's got as much value as a, a league with a you know 500 teams potentially um, you know it's it's serving its local community and hopefully people enjoying cricket wherever they happen to live so um, yeah it's probably about supporting as best we can those that continue to play cricket um, but equally I suppose there are other formats that a lot of people don't know about. I mentioned Last Man Stands earlier, but there, there are lots of competitions at all levels of grassroots game. And I'd be interested as to what you think around uh, yeah, their value alongside the traditional club route. Because uh, I suppose, as we said earlier, on one level it's just participation. So however you're playing cricket, as long as you're having a bit of fun and, and doing what you want to do, that's a good thing. favour the urban areas um, but it, it's a great event and if it gets people involved if it gets people playing cricket uh, that event it's all to the good and hopefully it will encourage them then to progress into perhaps proper T20 cricket um, once they've had a taste of last man stands the great thing with last man stands is that everyone is involved 
Yeah. You don't get somebody who feels for 50 overs and then back to number 11. Uh, with last man stands, everyone is constantly involved in the game. Yeah, you did right. I, I had a go myself a couple of years ago now and uh, a lead social league and uh, as it happens, I ended up being the last batsman out there batting on my own. Um, and then, as you say, when you're fielding, um, you've got a huge amount of um, space to cover because there's there's only a few fielders. Uh, and generally, you get a bat, a bowl and a field and um, you're fully involved. So you don't have a long time where you're stuck with no involvement. So um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. And it won't appeal to everyone in the sense that if you're a bit more of a traditionalist in the, the actual um, mechanics of cricket, because there's 10 overs and, you know, as a chunk played and then everyone swaps ends. Um, but it does fit into a, a time where, you know, you're done and dusted in two or three hours and you can fit in work and have some cricket in a hobby um, and it doesn't have to sort of take up a whole weekend, which, um, it, yeah, it's good for some people, which is great. Well, so we've got to cater for all, all tastes here. Not everyone wants to spend all the weekend playing cricket. As society changes, um, you know, you've got a lot of uh, households where both partners are working and the weekend's a very precious time for them. They don't want to spend either one or both of them separate uh, with playing cricket. Well, we've talked, well, we've put the worlds to rights, which uh, I think is not bad in about half an hour. So um, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. It's been really good to talk through, well, get the perspective in terms of umpiring and the new law changes. Uh, it be really interesting to see how umpires get to grips with that. Uh, and also, obviously, from a player point of view, because um, there are now formal rules in place where there weren't, before or certainly the emphasis is there that players do have to toe the line more perhaps than they used to so it will be really interesting to see maybe in a year's time um, how many instances have flagged up and yeah how many cases there have been compared to previous years uh, now that the umpires probably have a bit more protection yes I think so Um, it's the key role of the umpire I always say is to ensure that 22 people whether they're men, women, boys, girls, but 22 people have a really good and enjoyable match day experience and that they go home saying, I really enjoyed that. I can't wait to play again next week. Well, thanks a lot for listening. It's really good to have your company. And if you like the podcast, there's plenty more to read and listen to over on cricketyorkshire.com.